And welcome to Top of the Card, the five-person podcast, because we got all five. We're, we're all back here this time. We're ready to go. Uh, talking about wrestling and wrestling news and wrestling info and wrestling stuff and wrestling opinions. And yeah, we're here. Uh, I'm your co-host, Scott. Joining me is Bear Me Jesus. How are you, Bear Me? I'm doing pretty good. It's cooled off here, so actually <laughs> I'm doing really damn good. How about yourself? Uh, good, good. Um, extra glad we didn't record last week because, little note, we almost did. Some news happened that was big. Um, but it was a thing. It's fine. It's better. We, we, we did our two weeks. No, no news is too big to make us do that. But Red, Red, you missed last week, so that's why we're, or the, the week before. But you're back this time. We're, we're glad yeah, to have I had you back. Some, I had some uh, stuff come up at the very last minute and had to drop. I mean, I was in the phone call with you guys mm -hmm. five minutes beforehand and had to drop suddenly, so yeah, I apologize for that. A lot of stuff was said, but I mean, the, the wrestling world moves quick. There's lots of news. There's more coming, obviously. Uh, CT, you know that very well with some of your more international followings. These are weird segues, I know, I know, but how are you doing? I'm doing good, making us return to the podcast with as much hype as CM Punk returning to wrestling. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty good this week. And GMSG, we'll round it out. I don't know why you're last. Maybe because you beat me at SummerSlam. How's it going? Good, but I don't know if CT was trying to be insulting or not with that comment. What the hell? Let, let's do that. Let's hype this up. This is Top of the Card. Top of the Card Pod is where you can find us. We are on Apple because that got sorted out who knows when, but we are there. So CT, I stole our thing for later. We are on Spotify and wherever you can find podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Not on YouTube yet. I'm getting there. Uh, but let's, let's dive in because it's wrestling stuff and SummerSlam happened, but also some guy came back, uh, CM Punk, who we talked about a lot for a couple of weeks. It actually happened. Like if you're listening to this, the week of August 30th, the weekend, probably of like September 2nd, you know this by now. So that's not, we're not, we're not the news. Like he's been back for two dynamites. He'll be on a third one tomorrow night, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's it all out. It, it's not like we're reporting the news, but it happened. And full stop, I kind of didn't really think it would. Like, I, I fully was like, there's no. Like, they're, they're too on the nose, and that's usually when it I don't believe it. So it did legitimately surprise me a bit, but they do like to throw money around. So they made a deal, obviously, and got CM Punk in AEW. And not for nothing... It was massive. Uh, like, the crowd went nuts. It was United Center, their biggest audience ever. Chicago went just insane. The online reaction was incredible. I'm pretty sure we all liked it. I mean, Booker T didn't, but he's the one guy who didn't. And it was pretty much a home run for what it was. It was a half-hour moment pop of an, uh, a thing where he came out, he said what he said. Typical post-WWE thing eight years later, but it was still like, I can't be there. I didn't feel healthy, whatever. It's fine. He feels he's better. He's happy. Let's focus on that part. And yeah, who wants to jump in on what they think of Punk so far? Who hasn't wrestled yet? He's just done promos, but he's always a good promo. So that's not exactly a bad thing. You're still getting what you expect out of him. It is called a personality. I guess I'll say that first off too. Uh, they did. They got licensed the song from Living Color because, for those who were surprised, WWE, I saw it all over their their YouTube and everything. Is like, oh, they let them have it. It's not their song, but anyway. Um, CT, I think we talked about the song a bit before too. But w what's your opinion with Punk? Because I know you kind of came in a bit afterwards. And we're like, oh, did Punk debut? Then you watched the clips. How did how did it hit? What did you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to dislike AEW, let's be very clear. I tend to think they're probably the worst company actively going. You, but you, this... You've used the word hate before. Let's let's, let's yeah, throw this out there. You hate said them. hate, yes. <laughs> and even going into that night, because it got to the point where I was like, okay, Punk has to be debuting. They're hyping this up so much last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I even posed to you guys the question of like, is it bad that they promoted it so much where it was an expectation? Because, like, imagine the moment if his music hit and just no one knew. However, watching the clip, this is the only segment in AEW history I can say is perfect. There's no, there's nothing I feel like I could change or, like, even think to change to make this better. Everyone was expecting it. You had the moment, you had the emotion, you had the hype. And it was this grand just moment. I mean, it's one of the biggest moments in wrestling you know, for decades, if not all time. I mean, it really was an amazing moment. The promo was perfect. The pop was perfect. He had the best energy he could have had embracing the fans, literally jumping into the COVID. Good on him, you know. (laughs) Um, I thought this was perfect. I mean, like I said, I cannot say that about a single other thing AEW has ever done. Much less, I mean, most companies don't really get that, that normally. But like, yeah, this was perfect. I, I joked because CM now stands for COVID master um, with uh, it. It was perfect as far as for how they could execute it and do it. Punk himself even said like the way this went down, it was the worst kept secret, how we made you think like it was going to happen, but we planted the seed of doubt by never actually telling you. So this was all part of the plan. Like all these rumors were part of the plan. Masterful stroke. But also could just be, oh, we're saying that after the fact to cover up a leak. Like, you know, Daniel Bryan was always planned for Mania. Believe what you want to believe is whatever it is. But they capitalized on it and they opened Dynamite with it. I started to wonder, like, is is Punk de- is Punk coming out going to be enough? Like, is, is that going to be a letdown if that's all it is? Nah, the, that Chicago crowd, like, they, they were chanting through the song. It was pretty incredible. Um... There was even footage of uh, that they released of the guys in the truck directing it, and it's really wild to see that and like their energy you could see and ca- tapping into it. It was crazy. Uh, CT, you 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 hate AEW, but you like this moment. When thinking of other moments, like forgive me, this is gonna sound weird, but New Japan they've had returns. Like Hiromu had a big return recently, and it was a massive moment. Like has, has there been anything even on the same impact of that? internationally that you can think of i mean hard because it's so unexpected like you knew hiromu was coming back right but you didn't know punk was ever going to return to wrestling up until the beginning of the show it still was like well for seven years or whatever this has been not happening you know is it Mm -hmm. really this is a once in a lifetime thing like jericho debuting the first time was probably on this level yeah maybe it wasn't as like big because jericho was wrestling if you wanted to see jericho you could have seen him if you want to see punk wrestling you can't see punk wrestle um before the show but like jericho debuting was a huge moment like that where it was just so you never thought you would see it and then you saw it and i never thought we'd see punk wrestle again or be back in the company and Mm -hmm. here he is so um that's the one moment and you know maybe there are better crafted moments i'll say there's been moments you know, 10 years in the making and seeing that in a match or seeing that story play out. Yes, that holds a tremendous amount of emotion. And, it, you know, it's very different. I'd probably say that's more impre- um, that is more impressive than this. 
But as far as what this did, it's really hard to think of another moment. I mean, from any company, to be fair, in the past, you know, few decades. Yeah, it is. It's kind of funny because I know even Guinness Records commented on it because people were like, it's the loudest ever. It's like they said, it's kind of hard to record it after the fact. Um, but it, it is easily like you can hear it. It's one of those pops that will like one for the ages, like the Hogan one in Montreal or when Brock came back even the first time in 2012. I think it was, or when The Rock came back for his, you know, twice in a lifetime. It is one of those moments, like, and we haven't had one of those in a while. Um, Jim, edge returning, that's edge, a good one, actually. You know what, that, that's probably the most recent one otherwise, yeah. And I, I'll maintain, like, if Punk came back when Raw was in Chicago, he would have got the same reaction. It's not like the AW crowd would. This wrestling fans love Punk. <laughs> they, they love him. So the fact that it was the AW ones, it's like, uh, I just find it's a funny thing. They're like... Even in his promo, in 2005, I left wrestling, and in 2021, I came back to it. And the fans are like, yeah, damn right, WWE sucks, even though, you know, the most of the fans love him from the WWE. I digress. It's They're either or too many times. Jimmy, you know that very well. You you and I both talk a lot about the, the weird versus aspect of things, but looking on the positives on this, this was pretty insane. Um where do you see it going from here or any comments on what we got here? I mean, it was big in Chicago live, but damn, that audience just dropped off on TV as soon as that ended. So I'm wondering where it's going to go. Cause it went from like 700,000 to 1.3 million of his debut. And then the average was like a couple hundred thousand lower, which means half the audience just dropped off right mm-hmm. after it. That's really... Moxley was on that card. One of the biggest draws of the first year they started was their second world champion, and it just... They didn't care. Those... Those numbers are very interesting because it was, what, seven... 700,000 for the debut, which they were looking for a million. Punk got, like, 1.14. I I say Punk did, but that's really what we're talking about here. It was really promoted that way, but... The next episode was lower than the debut. It was like 702 or something, like less than the debut. So, and I, I've seen people saying like it was taped, so it was less. It was a Friday night. It's always a hard target. Like there, there are different quantifiers, but honestly, if it's taped and that's a factor for why the audience isn't tuning in, all you have is a hardcore audience because casuals don't care about that. They just, they're going to watch it. It doesn't matter. And that's that tells me what the casual audience is along with the loyal audience who will watch AEW no matter what. You got about a .7 million for that rating. That That's them. The Punk did not bring them. Punk did not even keep them. They got less than the first. So I, I was worried about the drop-off. I was saying maybe he'll double it. He didn't even double it. It wasn't 1.4. It was 1.14. I'm not trying to poo-poo it here or anything, but... SmackDown got two million. When you say that you're number one in the demo or the rating, whatever, if you have to put an asterisk beside why you're number one, you're not the real number one. I'm not hating on it, but it's, I mean, it's working for them. But let's keep perspective here. Is what I'm just trying to say for a lot of things. Uh, Red with with Punk coming back, and with the the feud and everything, Darby Allen and such and whatnot. Are you excited to see him actually back or? forgive me for, for bringing it this way, but it's yet another guy inflating their roster. What's your thoughts on this? 
I mean, you're not wrong. It is another guy, and, and it's a shiny CM new toy, Punk, right? Like he's the it, one it, of the shiniest they can have. It too. is, and GMC uh, brought up a point of John Moxley was on the card. John Moxley was the new toy at one point, and now they just—I mean, he's there. He's a draw, but he's not there. Like it was Moxley, the then it Moxley was Sting. Anymore. Now it's Punk. Exactly. He yes. has a lot more to compete with, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Punk's going to get thrown in there. He's going to be hot for a while, but then. I see three months down the road, he's just going to be another one of the guys just does storylines after storylines. If he shows up and is part of the weekly kind of atmosphere, because for all we know, he could only have to do five matches a year. Like, I don't believe there's any news of what his contract entails at this time. I mean, all we know is that he said he's going to be there for years and he'll be there all the time. But so far, he's been there doing promos. He hasn't wrestled. You're right. Like, he's, he's ironically the part-timer that he hated back in the day, in a sense, and, right? And uh, the other thing I'll say is I know everybody's all excited for him to be back, but until he puts up, I mean, so be it. He's there as a talker right now, but I want to see him back in the ring. And I think having them do Darby Allen is probably the perfect first person mm-hmm. just for the fact that if he is rusty and drops Darby on his head, Darby's going to go, okay, that, that's <laughs> my normal afternoon. So let's keep going. That's amazing. He's going to be the test dummy for CM Punk to have his first match in. He's the safest guy because he's the most unsafe guy. That why is that so funny to me? Um, Unless you're a woman. Unless you're a woman. Mm, well, and lines were crossed. Well, yep. <laughs> um, but let's. I mean, bear me. Bear me's going to be it all out. He's. I mean, we we know how excited he is for Paul White versus QT Marshall, the big pay per view match. That's the real return. That is going to be the one that gets him to go. That's why he's going. But I guess he'll go see Punk versus Allen also. Uh, how do you feel about this, Bear Me? Like, you're going to get to see Punk in Chicago. That's that's going to be a thing, right? Like, uh, how is that making you feel here? It's kind of one of those historic moments, you know? Like, it's his first match back. Like, And I think it's going to main event the show. It's going to be... The crowd's just going to go insane. It's going to be pretty cool to see. And him versus Darby should tear the house down. Hopefully Punk does beat him, literally and figuratively. Because I don't like Darby Allen, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to see Punk back. He seems like uh, he's happy. So and if he can still go, let's let's see it happen. Hopefully, uh, he made a hint of uh, who could be next in one of his promos. So uh, if that guy ends up showing up too, that'd be pretty cool in my book. Yeah, Wait, who was that? I don't watch AW. Who was it? <laughs> uh, oh, the fans were chanting yes a lot. And oh. Punk was like, you got to wait just a little longer for that one. That, and, uh, yeah, that, that's somebody so, else's shtick. That's, you got to wait longer for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if both of those guys show up and I'm there to see it, that'd be a pretty cool moment. But yeah, I'm pretty hyped for it. I mean, it's no Paul White versus QT Marshall, but it'll um, still be pretty but, good. But what is really, right? So. Right. And yeah, we uh, we actually just read an article uh, like within the hour of him explaining like a CF was sure Chicago forever, not Charlotte Flair and AC, I think was always whatever. This is a man who lied about what CM stood for for decades. So believe what you want. Um, it's I, I'm excited for it. I there's a weird thing because, yeah, we're going to talk about the Brock Lesnar's back too. we'll get there. But when you see Brock come back, and Brock is like the world beater, he's got the character that he is, and he actually fought in MMA and won. Punk is like, oh, there's nothing more dangerous than wrestling CM Punk. The last time he actually did anything in the match was 2014, and the last time he did anything kind of like combat sport-wise anywhere, anywhere, he basically lost to guys who shouldn't have been in the UFC. (laughs) 
it's like ah, uh, your your luster's gone. Your I, I'm worried. I'm worried about ring rust. I I am worried. He'll have the psychology down. He'll Darby Allen will be able to bounce around him very good. I just don't know what to expect. I don't know what kind of shape he's in because he's what forty two now. We've missed his actual prime of like thirty five to forty two. That's a pro wrestler's actual kind of prime. I feel when they're young enough and a veteran at the same time. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Like, he's the same age as what? Like, Orton and Styles. So, not, not for nothing, but he's not been wrestling for seven years. I don't know what to expect. Um, Isn't Samoa Joe a similar age? Same. Yeah. And he looked horrible after a year, so... He looked we'll real it, rough. But like... Yeah, yeah. We'll, Yikes. Well, that's, that's coming up shortly. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I guess the only difference, though, is CM Punk's done UFC for that little bit of time in between. So, at least he kept up with some kind of physical shape. He was actually falling off. He was, you're right. He was actually in better physical shape technically because it wasn't just like, you know, looking good for the camera. Goldberg talked about that. There's a difference in being physically healthy in good shape and being, you know, buff on wrestling shape. So to be fair, there is that. And he was able to like rest up and heal his injuries. And I mean, I think GMSG, you said you're interested to see what happens when he and Colt Cabana get in the same room and oh, they're co-workers now. So there's, there's things there's, there's interesting things. It's an interesting time. Wrestling's weird. It's fun. I legitimately never knew if we'd see this. I predicted that it would have. It was going to be a case like 20 years from now, like how Triple H mended the fences with Bruno Sammartino. It'd be like one of his daughters is reaching out to Punk in like 2040, saying, "Oh, you need to come back for the Hall of Fame." Like that. It was a ridiculous thing like that. That's what it would take. Like time heals all wounds. Well, the wounds not. The wound is healed, but. He's elsewhere. He has somewhere else to be. So that's that. Then there was SummerSlam, and we have Brock and Becky both coming back. <laughs> and Charlotte winning again, because of course she did. If you look at our predictions over on uh, Frontline League, you will see how sad many of us were by losing matches because of her. Uh, yeah, don't don't bet against Charlotte. <coughs> don't, don't. Well, some, some. Thank you. Th yes, yes. I'm sorry, which match did you win off that red? Got the points right, I think, is what Ray was oh, trying no, to say. No, I'm the one that lost. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but SummerSlam itself was on Saturday, and I, I think this to sum it up very quickly for my side of things, I'll say something that CT said. He said, for once, NXT has to follow a good show from WWE. Because <laughs> it was. Overall, I saw people hating on it as well, because of course they do. Uh, it was also kind of long, but... I enjoyed it, top to bottom. Lots of good matches. It was lots of competitive stuff. Great crowd. Lots of fun. The women's stuff with Becky was a bit hit or miss. Uh, recapping that, neither here nor there. All I'll say is I feel that the moment was worth it because a match wouldn't have compared and people know the moment and it actually worked better because they want to go heal with her, blah, 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 blah. But Brock is a Viking. He came back and, uh, yeah, overall, Reigns did, Rain did what he did, beat Cena and... Yeah, GMSG, go to you first on this. What was your thoughts of SummerSlam? Uh, it was a great show, other than the two women's matches. I was actually the only ones I was worried about for the show, really. So, that's a bit awkward. I did not expect Charlotte to do that, even though at first I did think she would do it, but mm -hmm. she did. We all thought yeah. she would, but not really, is <laughs> what it was, right? <sighs> yeah. Fun times. Now, Reigns has been champ for a year now. And thinking back to SummerSlam of last year with You Never See It Coming, and here we are now, and he's just getting started. How's it been since you're losing your mind when you came out of your chair when he speared Bray out of nowhere? Oh, it's been amazing, and I can't <laughs> wait for until, you know, probably next year when he gets 
rock once that happens. Hey, CT, remember when he, he beat Bray and Braun, two guys who are gone now? Yeah, remember a week before they main event at SummerSlam? Good times, good times. Uh, yeah. What was your thoughts on SummerSlam? Uh, I thought this was great. Yeah, this is the one time I can say it was like definitively better than the TakeOver. I think a lot of matches really delivered, had a big fight feel, very similar to WrestleMania. Um, I wouldn't say like, weirdly, I would say there probably wasn't a single match on the card that I would say is like match of the year contender. But the overall program and the overall night was just really overall solid. Mm -hmm. um, from the kickoff show, like Corbin Biggie killed it up to the main event with all the surprises, returns and debuts and stuff. And like, I thought this was really solid. Red, what were your thoughts on this one? I had an issue because everybody wanted to say they're going to make this the WrestleMania that they couldn't have. And I felt like it got not even close. Like I felt this from past WrestleMania was bigger than this show. Um, the biggest issue being their pacing just completely died halfway through the show. And it just, the rest of the show was blah for me. I do I do agree a bit. Um, I know there were some segments. It was like, ah, we didn't really need that. But that's kind of what the show is. And the, I always say, the live crowd liked it. So you can only fault it so much. But um, yeah, I, I, know, I know we kind of said like they were aiming it to be a WrestleMania. They never really did, but they always try to position it anyway. It is the, it is the number two. It really is. Maybe your favorite number two, one might say. Um, but overall, it was good. Like I, I'll go to Bear Me last year because I'm going to mention Priest's match, Priest and Sheamus. That was probably my favorite match, but it still wasn't like it's not even in my matches of the year list. But Priest won the U.S. title. I know as I'm going to Bear Me, but that's probably my standout one. Um, along with Cena and Reigns, just because they know what they're doing and they picked it up halfway through that and got pretty great. Uh, and the Mysterious Nusos. I now I'm remembering matches that were fun. But Bear Me, what was your thoughts on this? I, I completely agree with you. Those three matches were really good. I am glad to see Damian Priest win the uh, U.S. title. So that is great. Hopefully he is the one to eventually dethrone Bobby Lashley. Even though I don't think that'll happen, it'll be Bill Goldberg, which will tear my heart out. <laughs> but but uh, also, let's not forget RK-Bro beat Styles Nomos. So that was that was pretty dope. I'm glad that Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are tag champions. Overall, it was a really good show. But there was one match of the year uh, contender from that weekend, and it's on the uh, NXT card. Oh yeah, so, we're we're whenever. getting there. We're yeah, yeah, we're almost there. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Um, one last thing I kind of want to mention here: two things from SummerSlam that was weird. They confirmed Crown Jewel, not quite the date, but they're going back to Saudi, so that's the thing. They didn't confirm any kind of you know king or queen of the ring, but that seems inevitable. But they're, they're traveling to Saudi Arabia, so that's going to happen. And they also said they're coming back to Allegiant for Money in the Bank in July next year. That's weird to confirm ahead of schedule, but okay, neat. So they're positioning that to be pretty big. And then SummerSlam presumably also big. They're, they're trying to get bigger, bigger shows. And overall, they did say SummerSlam was their, I believe, their highest viewed and most profitable if I remember the, the information correctly, which is funny considering they're in so much trouble, as we keep hearing. WWE is so much trouble. They, they literally made more money on this SummerSlam than any of their prior 30-plus SummerSlams. They're fine. Their creative might have issues, and there's programming problems, blah, 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 blah. But financially, they're fine. They are not in trouble. Their product might not be good, 
in your eyes, those are different things. Sorry for the rant. Um, universally, though, people seem to think NXT is better, so let's dive into that. Um, well, can we first go just quickly to the SmackDown women's title match? Because I oh, don't feel like we really talked about it, but absolutely. I feel like we probably should. We, we, I did completely gloss over that. Forgive me. Yes, yes. I, I feel I felt very conflicted by it. And I'm just curious what everyone else thinks, because on one hand, like, yes, it was disappointing. Have Becky just squash um, Belair like that? Not that I think it kills Bianca or anything. But like at the same time, the show is already going quite long. I don't really know if anyone wanted an extra 20, 30 minutes attached. And also like the logic kind of made sense. Not that I think it necessarily needed to happen, but this was about the return. Adding a 20 minute match wouldn't have added anything so it saves the actual match between these two to make more money down the line. So, like, I was originally like, oh, that's kind of stupid and funny. But then I was like, well, it kind of makes sense. And I'm just curious if anyone else, I guess, if everyone still hates this or if everyone else has kind of come around on it or just I'm curious what people think. Bianca got fucked over. Um, rumors after the show said Becky wanted to be heel on SmackDown. She basically became heel. There are ways of making her heel without making her look like a fool who's been on a tear for the last however so many months since uh, Royal Rumble. I mean, you got two African-American black women like headlining WrestleMania for the first time ever. They ended up winning a ESPY award, like big old thing. She continued to hold over the audience the entire summer and to have her squashed by somebody who left, which don't get me wrong, Becky Lynch is much better. You could have had her come out there and just beat up Carmella, like celebrate with Bianca and then whoop her ass right then and there and hold the title over her. No title needed to swap. She's still the heel, and then you have your first return match at Extreme Rules, whatever the case may be. That It just made Bianca look like a fool that shouldn't have lost that quickly. But for all we know, there was very limited time to plan it. I mean, they found out a week before, so however they can get her back in ring shape to do a full match should have been done. But there's I, the one move thing is the part that bothers me the most. Yeah. Do you think Bianca was hurt by it, would you say? Yeah. Honestly, okay. I, I mean, not so much like she's not going to fall a peg, a tear, or anything like that. But the fact that now she has to re-chase after, which, don't get me wrong, she's good for chasing as a face. But she was also really good as a champion. Like, she became one of the top tier. Like, because lately, over the last few years, it's if you're not the Ronda, Alexa, or Four Horsewomen, you were always underneath. And this year seemed to be, like, starting to break patterns with Bianca and Rhea. And... For them to just give the titles right back to Charlotte and Becky, it's like, come on, guys. You guys are falling back into what makes you money, which is fine. But you complain about your no future, and this is the reason why. I just want to say, I think it's it's quick, because I know people are saying that. Um, it's quick to say, oh, they're, they've abandoned them. It's, it's It's been like a week. It Bianca's already won the contender match. Whatever damage was done, I think, has already been undone. I don't think there was that much damage, but I will agree. I like your idea of just, like, you know, attacking her and holding the belt up to build to the match. It's like, you beat everybody. You haven't beaten me. Actually getting a quick pin, yeah, all right. You put the belt on Becky. That's kind of neat. But if I think hitting with the finisher, like the, the kind of the rock bottom move, whatever, was weird. If it was a quick roll-up, like, I got you, like a sneaky move, that would have been better, I think, if you're still going to have her win because it would be, like, sudden or even even the submission where you did something with that would have been something, but it's easy to pick it apart. But I think CT, you're right. The moment is better than any match they would have had. Like it, it will be talked about and known and remembered. Maybe not as well or in a good way. 
Uh, but in almost notoriously, Becky came back and took the belt off Bianca with one move. That will be known more than whatever the 10-minute match that would not have been a match of the year. Or 20-minute, whatever. Like, could it have been? Maybe. I'm pretty confident it wasn't going to be. So why even do that? It's the old thing that Honky Tonk Man and Ultimate Warrior said. Why have a 30-minute match when I can make a 60-second moment? That was honky. <laughs> so it's like, this is better. I, SummerSlam. After a 454-day like, reign from Honky. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, is it the same situation? I don't know. Was Becky in ring shape or not ready to go yet? Probably not. Did they have a week to know and still advertise this match? Uh, allegedly. Is that dumb? Yeah, it is. Because there would have been no problem to say that Bianca's going to have a surprise opponent. And you get there. And then you have Carmella come out, and it's like, no, no, here's Becky. You still could have done the exact same thing and not make people think until they're announcing Sasha Banks that it's not Sasha Banks. That was, I just don't like that. That's, yeah. Uh, but GMSG, bear me, we, we've talked a fair bit. Do you have any opinions on this one? Uh, can I jump in? I was about to actually jump in. Um, the funny thing is, everyone's so mad about Bianca. Now. What about Carmella? She's a former two-time mm. champion, former two-time Money in the Bank winner. She got completely shit on. And Thank you, yes. It was funny that they did the swerve because I was like, oh, come on, for the fourth time in a row, she's going to get tell shot? Oh, you're smart. You did the Becky thing. That's got why. It. That's why. You made me hate this and, to make me like this better, yes. <laughs> and while you guys were talking, it made me realize, at this point right now, all four horsewomen are heels. Two of them, one is for sure injured. The other one or believe she's injured because she couldn't compete. It's kind of like Becky saying, you just beat two of my friends in the last couple of months. I'm taking this from you for them. Mm -hmm. And I hope they do that storyline because that'd be kind of cool because Becky and Charlotte have their own thing. Sasha and Bailey have their own thing. It's been a while since we've seen all four of them kind of in a storyline together. I do like the idea of them actually running as the four horsewomen. As heels, as they should be, if they're going to run and that I, story, yeah. And I know Beermy's not going to like this. I love Bianca. I've always had. I was so mad when Shayna kept beating her, but hey, look, Bianca didn't get killed from that. And, She's ten times better as a challenger than she is as a champion. Her last few months, all she was doing was the same like promo stuff. It, like she didn't improve anything after being Sasha. I I hope she can change and get better for it. I think, Bear Me, we'll, we'll go to you here for the last part of it, but I do want to say at least the one good thing about all this, similar to Rhea got when she lost to Charlotte prior, uh, is that people are so upset and so up in arms about how bad Bianca was treated, that means they like her. That's a good thing. That, right? Like, that just bodes well. They just got to pull the trigger and actually get behind her now in the company, which I don't say they're not, but keep it there. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep her elevated, like Red said, along with these others. Yeah, uh, let's see. Coming from a gigantic Bianca Belair fan, one of my favorite wrestlers, I at the time, I okay, I wasn't happy with how they did it. I get that you have to get to this moment. No, I don't think. Looking back on it now, Bianca's not going to be hurt by this because she can turn chicken shit into chicken salad. So it's one of those things where she'll bounce back from this. She's honestly one of the best female wrestlers, if not one of the best wrestlers, I think, in the company. So. She'll she'll probably end up going to Raw eventually, and hopefully she'll take that title from Charlotte if she has it, because I would like to see a Charlotte-Bianca feud. As long as Bianca goes out on top, I don't know if that would happen, but that would be cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Bianca will bounce back. 
Becky being back is cool, and I do like that idea of the four horsemen being heels and just trying to run rough shot through the company, and then the baby faces have to figure out something to do. They have to come up with a team to stop them, which will be easier said than done. And I know you're not thrilled with Charlotte getting to number 12, because it's obvious that she's going to break 16 at this point. But, hey, we're close. The sooner they get there, the sooner they can stop caring about it and actually do other things, right? Uh, honestly, her character work now is probably the best it's been. So I'm not as mad that she's ch- that she's getting these like couple titles right here. But I mean, we'll get to we'll get to why I kind of dislike Charlotte Flair when we talk about what happened on Raw. Oh yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, but yeah, I, <laughs> but yeah, I don't have I don't have problems with her with these last couple of title changes. I I really don't because her character's been better so mm-hmm. i'll give her i'll give her that i'll give her a little credit <laughs> you heard it here I do. first i oh. have an issue with the title changes what's that the charlotte bullshit i'm tired of her getting title reigns but the biggest reason i had is because i had the rant when we had money in the bank they do not give a fuck about their money in the bank winners that are female I'll, I'll say it once i'll say it again the first one was won by a male then carmela had to win it again she got it for a year ring but everybody else since then has had it less than a month and now that Money in the Bank, uh, Nikki, won it, first title defense, lost it. It's and like, can y'all just no, move long term? She defended yeah. it on Raw. Can I? You meant pay per view. Real quick. Quick. You meant yeah. pay per view, yeah. But. You've watched, if you've seen online, Nikki was not getting good crowd responses as champion when she was wrestling. So I don't know if that's why they just decided to go with Charlotte. Obviously, they probably we're gonna go with charlotte regardless but she really wasn't getting that over with the crowd she kept coming out and doing that same speech for like a couple weeks in a row wanted to see something something else from her and i think that's why they ended up just going a different route to be cl- frankly quite honest yeah I yeah that's the, why they went a different route the tv crowd seemed to really like her but a lot of live event ones apparently didn't it's whatever the merch is doing well and it's good with the kids so it has its audience it has its place but it also did like elevate her, even if she wasn't getting like that great of crowd reactions at Money in the Bank. I've said this before; she got no reaction before mm-hmm. the match. So, like, this did elevate her and give her some legitimate legitimacy. Even if like she lost on that first defense, she's now a former women's champion. This did make her relevant, and this did make her at least you know kind of more respectable. Not to say that she wasn't respectable to, to begin with, but like this does validate her a little bit more as a competitor. So I think it did its job. I don't know what more I needed to see from this reign, really. She came up with that gimmick too, which was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. And Vince was like, screw it, let's go with it. And then he gave her the title, which was kind of dope. See, you sit there and you say you don't know what else can came of this reign. And they should have picked somebody else where they could have done something and elevate a new person because she get. I don't care. You could say she's bigger now, but just because you're bigger now doesn't mean you're going to be bigger forever. And I think Nikki got a nice little speed bump, but that's all it's going to be. She's going to sit there and go up a little bit and then fall right back down. I mean, they already have her following Rhea like a little puppy dog. You this elevated, but, but you have no like idea you just... when you elevate it if it's going to last forever or not. You hope it will. And then turns out it doesn't. All right, a month you, later you, you don't. But you, you could have said that about say, anyone who won. But you yeah, can't but you're just saying say, like I pick someone else just because like it, it, uh, Nikki might fall. Anyone could have fallen. And, like we'll yeah. see. But like this did you the same this job. You like Scott, you've said this multiple times. They're the ones that do the booking. They right. could have booked her a whole bunch of different ways to make her bigger, to be loved by the crowd. 
There's so many different ways. Just because you didn't get over with this stick, they could have booked her differently. Yeah, but you, what you're like, saying, what you're actively saying is they shouldn't have picked Nikki in the first place if they knew it was going to fail. They didn't know it was going to fail. That's Red, my, what that's my better point. way that's my point. could you elevate someone than giving them the world, the world title for their division and putting them against the biggest heel in the company for their division? I mean, don't have them look like the joke who's being threatened with two-minute challenge. Like, I, th that's the part that bothers me. It's the fact that she was the joke of saying, we'll beat you in two minutes. It's like, why is beating this person two minutes better than somebody else beating them in two minutes? And this is the person that wants the money in the bank and then loses it right away. All you did was make her look big for a little bit and then right back down to where she was. I, I guess I respectfully disagree. <laughs> Same, because uh, she's it definitely <laughs> higher than she was. She's not right back down to where she was. She is definitely higher currently, I feel. And like we've said, like the CT even said, she's had the title now. Like it's, she's won it. She's actually had it. There, there is a certain stigma for people who have never quite gotten it. And it's like, you, you never quite believe it. She's a former women's world champion now, even just the one time, but that's still enough. She's a somewhat credible challenger going forward forever because she's done it at least once. It's worked. That alone helps build credibility. But yeah, you're right, Red. Like you said, if they don't actually do anything with it, yeah, fair enough. But it, they saw it working in some areas and not others. Well, pull the plug, Charlotte works. That's their call too. They go with the one that they think is better and let's give her 12 reigns. Like it's, I just find it very, it's, it's unfair to say this isn't going to work. I don't think it's going to work like for a long time. So let's not even bother. They do say all the time. They're all about opportunity. Believe it if you want. But if they said no to Nikki, just because ah, it'll never work. Fair enough. You, you got your Bronson reads or whatever it is. They do that too, but they gave her a shot. Didn't pan out. Or did, and this, they're going to do it again. Like, like we, we, we're talking about things we just truly don't know with their decision-making, to be fair. Well, they objectively gave her a shot. For whatever reason, yes. they took the title off her. Whether or not it was the uh, like plan all along, and that's all they wanted to do with this reign, or because she was getting bad reactions. But if she's getting bad reactions, and I don't know about the merch sales, let's say she's not doing that great of merch, why would you push that? That's bad for business. Mm -hmm. So like, I, they gave her the shot, though. Objectively, you cannot argue they gave her the position to see if she would work. And if she didn't work, she didn't work. That's not on them. And yeah. it's not necessarily even on her. It's just some people don't work. So I just don't see what else you could have done to be better. But that's yeah. just me, I guess. We get into a range where it's similar to Reigns, where it's like you keep trying and the crowd just is like, no, we don't want that. There's only so much you can do with that. And if you can put it on someone else. Yep. And it's not like it was their idea, like Reigns. It was Nikki's own idea. So I don't know. It's... I, I like I said. I, I really think that it's it's far from over for her. She's clearly still in high profile stuff with the champion, and other high contenders. So, it's it's fine. She she's better chasing. I feel as well. Like she's the underdog. It's just the way to go. But hey, and they're making a new tag team. We need those. That that is true. You say that, and about eh, this time next year, Rhea's going to turn on her. That's a year. After that's plenty a, of time. After a year of being a tag team, I think that's a great way to establish them back in the singles uh, division. That's if they decide to ever put the tag titles on the actual show. You know? Yeah. That's that, fair. That's how, that's yeah. how made tag teams usually go. They only last about a year unless, like, they're family. Also, Rhea is better as a heel, so actually, I kind of, you know, I wouldn't mind that story, actually. <laughs> I don't know. She's getting pretty great reactions as a face, though. 
Like, well, you, yeah, you, I'm not saying she's a bad face. I'm just saying I like her better as a heel. But let her be faced until Bailey comes back, and you can have the evil teen mom phase of both her and Bailey together. <laughs> It'd be great. Mm. Uh, well, how about we talk about Takeover? Because for all the issues we might have had with SummerSlam, a show we legitimately liked, um, Takeover was all right. But it definitely had one of my match of the year contenders. And I just want to dive right into that with Walter versus Ilya Dragunov because holy Christ, <laughs> that match was insane. I loved it. It was stupid physical. And yeah, that, that's all I got. I, I loved everything about that. It was what I like in wrestling. It was the hard hitting stuff. They went nuts. Ilya came out with quite literally no reaction and they were standing by the end. Guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, it was super fun. I loved it. The rest of the card was all right. It was fun. It was good. The main event, cross again, sleeper match. I don't know what's going on with him, but Joe was tired as all hell. He gassed quick, so that's a thing. Bro, that match sucked. There you go. Go I for mean, it. Yeah. Oh, God. That dive main di- event dive in. Let's tear this apart. Go for it. <laughs> I, I will dive in better than Joe did because he did one dive and actually looked dead afterwards to where like I thought he got injured. Um, cross doesn't work well with good with big people. We've seen this with Keith Lee, um, but this was like a 12 minute, very weird like story because you've had Cross go to Raw and kind of just like casually lose there, so the whole like monster doesn't really work. But then Joe looks horrible. No offense to Joe, I really like Smojo typically, but like he looked out of place, he looked out of shape, he looked awkward in the ring. Uh, maybe he should have had some matches to kind of get ready on the road back. Maybe it was just ring rust, but like he looked worse than I think I've ever seen Smojo look, which was really disappointing because I feel like this could have been like an all out huge brawl. Joe in NXT was awesome when he faced Balor and he had the big blood in Dallas and like he was a monster. And here he looked like a really out of place, like old man. It looked like like when Goldberg comes back and you make fun of him because it's like eight minutes in and he looks dead, Joe looked dead. And I'm shocked more people are not noticing it because he like literally after a dive, he just sat there like for like a minute and a half just on the outside, just like catching his breath because that dive took so much out from him. I don't know what was up, but something was off. Honestly, other than the kickoff, most of that card was very underwhelming other than the main of like the Ilya versus Walter. Like, most of that card I just couldn't care for. Like, that main event I hated so much. Both monsters looked weak in it. You're right. That kickoff match was fun. It was Ridge Holland versus someone I don't even remember his name. But I enjoyed that match. Trey Baxter. Thank it you. It was, oh. um, fuck it. No, what's his indie name? I really like him. Trey. Um, it's Trey Baxter. <laughs> no, his indie no, name. No, that's going to Oh, no. I don't know what his indie name is. I know what his NXT name is. Bl- uh, no, no, it's, it's Trey Baxter. I'll find it. He was in the <laughs> Super right. He was in the Super J Cup this past year. Is, that match was actually good. I was actually meaning the Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. Both were good. I, I oh, oh, yeah. oh, no, you, you said really kickoff. Yeah. That's what I was, was saying. Good. You know, Blake Christian. No, Trey Baxter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Trey Baxter, right? Dude, his really, feud with Leo Rush was amazing last year in JCW. Really that was on the card. That was, that was a very good match. That was fun. Um, yeah, like Grimes and Knight was, was, was competent. Like, not the crap on it, but it was, it was perfectly serviceable and good and what it should have been. But it wasn't like, yeah, takeover. You know what I mean? It, it was kind of like that. Gonzalez and Kai was actually quite good, but I never bought into Kai yeah. winning. I was one of those guys. I didn't believe it. So, even though you guys were pretty convinced, I think some of you guys were convinced. Kai had that one, but 
I never did. No, I don't think anyone here did. No. Okay. A lot of our <laughs> a, lot, a lot of she our lost as a baby did. face the week before on SmackDown before the show, so yeah. like it wasn't necessarily that convincing. <laughs> God, it, you know what? You know what's bad when I don't remember the other match. What? Uh, um, Riley, Adam Cole. Thank you. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's how bad it was. It, it See, wasn't bad. It was, Hold on. but it was. It was. Tw- what was okay. funny about it? It was about twenty-five minutes. Which was like, they knew not to go long this time. Like, let's not overstay our welcome, and let's just get in and get out. It was fine. But I expected better from those guys, I think, is what I, I would agree with. The third piece was so much weaker. It, it brought that match down. Yeah. Can I can I say something about Karrion Cross real quick? What, about I've, uh, his cool tried helmet and stuff? or Yeah, uh, yeah. okay, about all this. <laughs> I've, tried, I've tried to, like, defend him for a while, and I'm just going to say it. Adam Cole's right. They have to dap you up to make you feel special, and all they have to do to make Adam Cole feel special is ring the damn bell. Like, Karrion Cross is just a big smoke show. He, Not, like, literally, like Scarlet Bordeaux, but he just, something's just not clicking, and it's not working, and I don't like to use that term where you, you know, you dig a hole and you put dirt on somebody but uh it's getting pretty close to where i i just don't care about carrying cross anymore even after that match the crowd reactions he was getting everybody was just chanting jeff hardy at him while he was standing in the ring like it's i don't know i i used to be a big fan of carrying cross and now i could just kind of care less that's not, not good. cross would you say that's cross's fault though or do, like do you think it's also on him or do you think it's mainly the booking that he's not in I, control of i think it's a little bit of both I think okay. if he was booked better, because like, yeah, when he first came, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Karrion Cross, you know, because he used to be this big monstrous guy that just threw people around and, you know, beat the, beat the dog crap out of people. I think a little bit of it's on him. I don't know if he's, I think it's the style he's just not able to really adapt to, maybe. And I think, I think, and I do think some of it's creative. I think, it, I think it's a little bit of both. His in-ring stuff sucks as a character. He, he doesn't like actually use his character while wrestling. It doesn't make sense. Other than in your house, it, he was definitely, and he can cut it. And he, yeah, he was good at that, and he can cut a great promo. It's just he's there's something missing, and I know that we said it in the chat, or somebody said it in the chat. They're like, he doesn't wrestle like a big guy. I don't know who said that, but a big dominant guy here, he just doesn't wrestle like that, and I don't, I don't know why. I just, I don't get it. It's weird because I know there's a rumor about that whole get up and gear is like, oh, it's got to be marketable. That's for the merch and that's for the toys. And yet, when people are like making fun of it, they're not gonna they're not gonna buy the toys. That's what what are you doing? But he's been posting on his Twitter and his Instagram, people doing fan art of it. So it's it's hitting some people right, but not the hardcores who you would think would be cross fans. Like, come he's on, getting man. no reaction, none, no reaction from the crowds when he's out on Raw or hell, barely from even NXT now. Like. Mm-hmm. It man. just got to a point, man. It's it's bad. If only Scarlet know. was there to help out with that. But no, Jen. You know that would be like, true yeah. though, because he doesn't feel like a big deal anymore. He just no. comes out this very generic entrance, this horrible gear. He like casually will lose eight minute matches to like Keith Lee now, or he like he like he did. Like he just feels like a casual roster member. He doesn't feel like a monster, certainly, but he doesn't feel like an attraction like he once did when it was Scarlet and it was a song and you didn't see him and it was this fog. Like it was a big deal. It felt big, and now he just kind of casually strolls out. You know, you kind of you see his Titan Tron and like okay, it's fine, and it's just it's nothing. He's just so generic now. He tells you how badass he is, but then he isn't. 
I will say though, I've like ever since the gear showed up with him, I like looked at his Twitter and then likes and that. I'm pretty sure he's the one that chose this gear because he also. I just found this right now that he liked like a Warner Bros. character that was dressed in the exact same gear. So I think he inspired himself from a character, and I guess it just doesn't translate well to live TV. It could be that. Red, what do you think of Cross with all this going on? He's being treated like a joke on the main roster. I know they got this whole, like, nobody knows who you are on NXT thing, but he is the kind of competitor coming to the main roster that should have been elevated to the higher-ups. Now, I get the whole Jeff Hardy thing, blah, 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 and then Keith Lee, but I, I we were talking last night, me and my buddies, of I want carrying Cross versus somebody bigger like Drew, Sheamus, Damian Priest. Like, I think he would work well with them, these B guys and be elevated to a, their level. Because right now, he's going against all these tiny people, which I guess that's what he works best with. But it's like, you want best or you want to make a future star? It's it's a weird thing, too, because when you said like he comes in and they don't seem to recognize him or know what to do with him, just do what worked on NXT. Because it looked cool as hell there. Just do that on Raw. It would look cool there. And people are like, oh, what's this? And then you have him brawl with someone like Keith Lee, and oh god, he beat him. Who is this guy? Oh, that was easy. Like, that's... I want to say easier said than done, but that's how easy it would be for them to do that with Karrion Cross because they freaking did it for him back in NXT already when he was throwing guys like Bronson Reed around or Damian Priest, and okay, it wasn't as good with Keith Lee, but Tommaso Ciampa, he's done this before. They, they've, they're, that actual company made Cross look good previously. <laughs> They, they focused in on the things that were good. Like Baramie said, it, it is a lot of smoke show. It is a lot of uh, smoke and mirrors. But that, that's, that's wrestling. And sometimes that's what you really accentuate and you highlight. And they kind of forgot to do that on Raw. It, the one that does it more than anywhere. So that's really weird to me. But I have, I have my hopes. But man, it's, it's hard. It's hard to watch. It is. His character is Shao Kahn, by the way. That's what his inspiration is. Is it? Oh my god, it is too. Yeah. Yeah, I it's can see that. Badass, but, and it also makes sense with his character. It just doesn't look well on TV. It's like if you had someone dress up like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Wouldn't work. I mean, unless you're the New Day. But that's the point. <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Uh, the, the other thing we saw with NXT, there's all those rumors, and they got the new logo coming out now and, and whatnot going on, and well, I believe it was Carmelo Hayes won the tournament, the breakout tournament, which of course people are like, oh, win the tournament, get released in six months. Sigh. They just hired another Uso for crying out loud. Um, with, with all that, he won the right to challenge for any title. I got it in my brain that Carmelo Hayes is going to beat freaking Samoa Joe for the title. <laughs> and that's how they usher in that new era. That's going to happen on, like, the first TakeOver, I think it's next week or the week after, with the new format and everything. Not TakeOver, but NXT. That's that's my insane conspiracy theory. But personally, also, I don't like that logo. I've never liked asymmetrical, but, like, colored logo. I, I just don't care for that. CT knows about all my graphic design nitpicks and stuff. He knows. Does anybody have any opinions on this yet, or is it too soon to say? With NXT. It just depends how it looks in the arena. That's all it depends on. Like, we just have a logo on a music video right now. Let's see it in action. It could look stupid. It could look good. Like, let's see. If the whole arena is themed like that, like, bright and colorful, I'm kind of on board for that. I, it would definitely stand out. 
I was just say the the new logo is all fun and all, but I'm more intrigued on where they going from here now that the whole rumors of uh, they're going to be changing their style of hiring and whatnot. So I, I'm just want to see where they go from here. What non-news I felt because like <laughs> this is just going back to like they've already done this American Alpha the revival like the NXT everyone knew and loved for the most part was done under this style like all that said was they're not scouting indie talent which like up until even 2015 they didn't scout owns they didn't scout Balor or whatever they went to tryouts they did the tryout thing like it feels like absolute non-news that people are just like picking at and saying like oh my god it means so much NXT is ruined like yeah I want more revivals I want more American Alphas I want more of this guy and that guy who were great in NXT and still are great. A lot of them are like that. So I, I just feel like this was such weird to be so negative on that so many people were. Yeah, I think the first people they did that didn't weren't tryouts in this NXT was Ciampa, Gargano, and Cedric from yeah. the Cruise stuff. Yeah, those guys were there just kind of doing shows for a bit then got offered to stay. I, I remember Ciampa and Gargano even doing a promo saying that we're hoping to get contracts. I, I do remember that, yeah. It's it's interesting with that because it is how things went and the, the, the general opinion of people saying that NXT, you know, you're, you're waste on the main roster and you're never going to get used. And people pull out the Aleister Blacks and the, the guys like that, that this Andrade and, and whatnot. But, you know, casually forget about the Sami Zayn's and the Kevin Owens and the Seth Rollins and the Roman Reigns. Like, no, they've had lots of successes, too. So it's. It's not all doom and gloom. It's the same people that say Nia Jax only injures people and has bad things happen. Forget the fact that she quite literally hasn't injured anybody in 2021. <laughs> like, Nia does what Nia does. No. No, she wrestles. The, uh. the fact that you have to announce that that is a stat shows you how bad it is, in my opinion. Oh, she hasn't had one this year, so how many has she had in the past years? Like, Yeah, it's the past. Not the factor anymore. That's my point. They also wrestle how many matches a year? Like, not bad. Look at AW, like, not Sean AW more. My opinions on that company has been said, but like, <laughs> their guys get injured literally every segment. So, like, pretty, pretty okay, I would say. But it's just weird when people, when, if Nia hurt, uh, we're, we're going to jump into really quick here because I brought it up, but Charlotte and Nia apparently got into a fight, whatever it was. We don't know. News is still whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But if Nia hauled off and, like, that spine buster went weird and Charlotte hurt her back and she got upset and they got into a fight. Nia hurt someone. Nia does what Nia does. Nia hasn't hurt anybody in how long is my point. Nia normally doesn't do that. That's not doing what Nia does. That, that's what kind of got me upset and angry when I saw that stuff last night on Twitter everywhere because like Rob Van Dam regularly was knocking people's teeth out with his kicks, but no one ever said he was unsafe even though quite literally that was happening. Like, it's just, it's people hate Nia. <laughs> it's just, it's Even after she punched Charlotte Flair, like, what a face thing. She literally punched her, and, like, not, people are still not with her. I yeah. mean, I cheered. Yeah, she shut her down. It's like, stop, don't, and then wham! <laughs> it's a couple of Vader punches and took charge. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Um, let's, let's move on to something more fun. Um, I have this written down. We have we have our usual thing here. I truly don't know. So this is the, not me being like fishing for the actual thing. 
Hey CT, what happened in New Japan? I truly, I truly don't know. This, there's like car, the MetLife is, Dome's coming up, right? Like yeah, that's this weekend, the the upcoming weekend where we're recording this, and it will probably be out before the shows. Um, not been that much. It's been a couple weeks of quietness. Some people got COVID, but I think we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rapongi 3K broke up. Show attacked Joe after like five years of teaming together. So that was a pretty big deal. But like other than that, really not much. It's been a quiet couple weeks just waiting for the big shows we got these two shows and then we have the g1 and then it's gonna be like 19 shows over the course of a month so we'll we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about once that starts we'll go over to gmsg then hey gmsg what happened in aiw well ironically i didn't think two weeks ago after seeing resurgence i would see one of those guys live in my hometown but yeah filthy tom lawler danhausen terry runnels are you saying you went to AIW A Touch of Evil? Yes, I did. I got to <laughs> almost basically touch Danhausen. Wait, you saw current and NJPW strong openweight champion Tom Lawler? Yes, I did. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. Anyway, anyway, yeah, he went to a live show. It was fun. Danhausen was there. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw the tickets were cheap, and somehow there were still tickets after they were only 200 I mean, $40, $50 for, like, front row seats, like... To actually see a champion from another company and Danhausen, like I don't know how they didn't sell out. But yeah, got there front row, got tickets, got shirt, got posters, got to take a picture with Danhausen. He wrote my name, Hausen. I guess I'm adopted now. It's great. Had a good time. How was it going to a live show? Very scary. It actually was. Because you pass on SmackDown, right? Yeah, but. Basketball arena is a 200 people in a small area. I had to take the risk and also getting to meet the person. <laughs> it, it was even a scary location. We call it the flats in our area. And like, you can literally walk down one street, rich as hell, walk down the street. Oh, warehouses. Creepy. It was in the warehouse. <laughs> Indie wrestling. It's actually on what? Independent wrestling TV is one of those yeah, streaming you- things too, right? Yeah, if you go to IWTV or AIW and look up a lot of pictures, you'll see me there with next to an old man with a beard and red shirt. I'm right next to him. So how was it as far as all the wrestling we've talked about? How does it compare? I know that's unfair. I know, I know. But oh, a live man. show is pretty great. Like, not going to lie. It's, yeah. I missed him. I, I really missed him. Uh, there were a lot of tables. I didn't realize it. overused tables. Holy God. There was about 15 tables used in three matches. I saw a guy, like a giant, like Bronson Reed type guy, jump off the top rope and just get smashed in the head with a chair. I thought he died. He didn't. I saw a guy with overalls dive over the top rope, missing a person just headfirst into a door. It it was intense, but awesome. Now, you said tables. Wasn't there a lot of doors as well? I think you were saying, like... Yeah, they... Well, they used all the doors as tables. They they were... (laughs) The chairs were bent so bad that the tables were barely holding on. And then when the people went to dive into them off the top rope, none of them broke. They just flipped. It, it was scary. Was the forbidden door there? Danhausen was there, so yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> and honestly, when he said his manager was coming out, I forgot she was there for a minute because she was with Goldust in the past. Goldust music's played, and I'm like, no fucking way. No. There's no way Goldust is here. No. It was just Terry Runnels. I got played. Worth it overall. Oh, easily. <laughs> we'll jump over to another live show that someone's going to. <clears throat> I'll hear me. 
But I know uh, there was also NWA had their weekend of shows with Empower and 73, the 73rd anniversary show, but they just called it 73, uh, based out of St. Louis. And I'm the only one that watched it. Has anybody seen anything since of it or just followed along with me in live chat? <laughs> Literally followed along for the main event because I was curious who won it. And like every every post, I thought you were going to end it with like, oh, all this won. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it also said Camille and Hirsch was really good. So oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they did like the NWA women's tag titles and those matches were pretty good. There was uh, Camille versus legit Layla Hirsch, which was insane. That's on my matches of the year list. Like, it was that good. I love that match because it did the thing where you're like, oh, that's got to be, like, that's not going to be end. That's not going to be end. There it is. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, where where are we going now? And then it kept going for a bit. And now I'm like, I'm buying everything. It was so good. Somehow, they decided to make the 10-woman uh, invitational gauntlet like a Royal Rumble type situation uh, be their main event after that, which was the wrong call completely and Chelsea Green won that and I mean it was, it was fine it was good but no because people were standing for uh, Camille and Hirsch like the, the commentary Velvet Sky was had tears in her eyes for how good that was it was pretty pretty insane CT if you want to see a small belt they had the original women's title that Burke had back like last in the 50s it's smaller than AEW's that's that's impressive, honestly. It's it's like smaller than a person's hand. It's, it's so small. The fact that I can't remember the other matches tells you all you need to know about them. But it was it was a good show overall, two and a half hours. Uh, Seventy three was like three to four hours, and it started with Tim Storm having Tom Latimer jump off a ladder, propped up onto. A barricade on the barricade and broke the barricade with the yeah it, it that show was nuts and a lot of fun and conan was there it, it, like what why is he it, yeah um camille versus chelsea green was not as good for the record but overall a pretty good match but a pretty good show but the, the main the main deal on this the one that mattered was murdoch and aldis and it was everything kind of expected from being in Harley's hometown, which is where they both trained to be to be fully historic here, and Murdoch's family is there, and his career is on the line, and Flair is there. Yeah, he won the world title. Trevor Murdoch is the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. I legitimately actually thought Aldis was going to win it a couple times, but then when the the swell started for Murdoch, it was just yeah, it was it was obvious. It was it was happening. It was pretty great and emotional crowd. Like it, it was, it was wild. It was pretty awesome, and the one thousand forty-three day reign has ended for Nick Aldis, which I believe is the third or fourth overall for the NWA, which is pretty nuts. The funniest part of the whole show, though, was Ric Flair's goddamn promo. All I'll say is go look it up online. He didn't have a negative thing to say about anything. He said, "Vince McMahon, I love you." He propped everybody up. It was awesome. It was. Ironically, one of the best post-WWE promos you've ever seen because he didn't talk shit about WWE because he didn't want to. They were good. So it was fun. Check that out. But yeah, 
Um, question to someone who doesn't watch NWA, because online during this, a lot of people were shitting on it. That it was Trevor Murdoch. Has he been built up correctly? Do you think? Do you feel like he like deserves to be the guy to take it off all this? Um, I feel like in the moment, yes, but when you really look at it, probably not. Like okay. he's n- he's not what people think. Like when you think of the world champions you've got, Trevor Murdoch does not fit that, which is why he works. For that way in, in its own way in a dusty roads type of way um and he might be able to actually pull this off and make this work going forward but if you saw him and roman reigns next to each other you'd be like you're not both world champions no way it's that kind of thing but every single person in that arena was behind him he actually laughed there was someone there who had a, an aldous uh, sign and he's like everybody loves me even that jerk over there with the aldous sign you believe in me you really do i know you do like he he worked that crowd in the palm of his hand the whole time uh, they did build him up because they even started the promo by saying they met at Harley's funeral and Aldis invited him to a power taping. Just come for one. And then he worked his way to a contract, then got into the title feud, and he lost a few times and it all became about the career. So it the storyline was perfect for it. Yeah, I think it really worked well. I do not think he'll be champion long. <laughs> but I don't know if they go back to Aldis or what. But yeah, it's uh, it was a bit more about the moment. It's not about the reign. And the NWA will bounce titles around once, like, you want to talk transitional champions, they do that. So I could easily see that happening with him. But the moment happened at least, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Also, Tyrus, fucking terrible. Let's just throw that out there. Not yeah, good. <laughs> he's, he's a great heel, but the problem is he's actually like that. Yeah, so, he brought the belt yeah. on the Fox News, which was like both like yikes, but also like okay, like at least you're going fully for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like the same kind of thing happened when PCO took the Ring of Honor title to the Montreal Canadiens games. It's like I'm doing more for this belt than any other champion in the past while did, but also it's like I right, had a hockey game, cool. Dude's on Fox News. Ooh, <laughs> that's a little different. That's yeah, it's not great. Um. No, it was it was fun overall. Definitely worth uh, worth watching. I enjoyed it. It was it felt like that Aldis was gonna drop it to Murdoch back at when Shadows Fall in June, but they announced seventy three. Then it really feels like when they knew they were going to St. Louis, they went, "Nope, we're not doing it here. We're gonna do it there instead." But we already booked this one, so you're gonna win it at that one. So it felt like they really stretched it, but it worked in the end. So yeah, it was what it was. I think to go from there, we've got the obvious news. Because we're at our hour point, you see. So we're into sudden death. The news is, is official that Adam Cole's contract has expired. That's all we know. There's not much more to say about that. <laughs> we'll find out very shortly where he actually goes if he resigns with SmackDown or whatever. The whole thing is like, oh, he's done with WWE. Well, no, he's just officially not with them. It's, it's a, it's a Building different offers. thing. Yeah, which is fine. Especially if they're looking at marketability and marquee, and he's like, mm, I don't know, let me let me see what I can do, and try to get something else because you never know, right? But I I know friend of the show Matt Zion is convinced he's going to AEW, and I'm like, that's the exact reason why I'm not convinced he's going to AEW because he's done all that before, except with the AEW initials. He's barely touched I Raw and SmackDown's on. rosters, so I I I I feel there's still a good shot he could stick with and go to the main roster. I feel like that's a possibility, but I think he's gone. You think so? I think he's going to go. I I think it all depends. It's like, okay, if he's going to just wage the war between two sides, I wonder if he... I wonder what his end goal is because he could be 
he could be a world champ in either one of these companies. Like, I don't know if that really matters to him. I want to know it really matters to him because it's obviously probably not the money because Britt obviously makes really great money. He, he already, He's going to make really great money wherever he goes. But he seems to be really into his Twitch stream. He said his Twitch stream was not going to go anywhere. He said, and he said like a couple other things. So I don't know. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what he'll do, but I have this bad feeling that he's just going to leave and go to AEW. Hey, ROH said they're going to have a match at Death Before Dishonor against two people who were just released. Adam Cole could be one of them. <laughs> Fish and Cole. Oh, no. In Ring of Honor, that's right. actually a thing. That's... Yeah. yeah could, no. I mean... <laughs> I'm just hoping he's playing off the whole thing where he's only talked with, say, Vince and Triple H. They've signed the deal. No one else knows. And he's I... just going to stay quiet. Oh, I can see that. Oh, yeah. And then show up like a month later. Well, and it, this is a common thing. Like, this is not something that we've been privy to much, but it is a very common thing because I know Brock had that. He actually played UFC off of WWE for a bit, then re-signed. He then later said, I had no intention of going to UFC, but, you know, I'm getting paid more now. So that's easily what Cole could be doing. It's like, well, I mean, I, I want to resign, but what are you going to give me? This much. Cool, what are they going to give me? Oh, that much? How much are you going to give me? I mean, it's contract negotiations it, it, it's easily to be that and especially with what things are he'd be looking for different guarantees and downsides and such with the way things have been it it's not it's not against the norm is what i'm really trying to say with that i guess but it's we just don't know it's just officially a thing now so we'll see we'll find out when the footage of him on up up down down ceases or whatever it might be i don't know it's it's a thing but uh Anybody else want to talk about Adam Cole or want to wait till next time for more detail on that? Because hopefully nothing happens tomorrow on Dynamite and then we have to wait two weeks to talk about it. <laughs> Cough. This man better show up at the MetLife Dome Stadium this Sunday along with Daniel Bryan and say we're in the G1. All I'm going to say. That would be cool as hell, actually. Because isn't that what Bryan wants? Bryan wants it. Yeah. Wait. But he, and he could still be AW too because they'd allow that. But. Yeah. They said with CM Punk, they said that he they would talk about it. Yeah. So. Um, but you know what? AEW, all out. Bear me. You're going to be there. Talk about big crowds and craziness. How are you feeling about Chicago this Sunday? I'm pretty excited. Kind of kind of nervous. I don't want to you know catch the old Rona again. That would suck. But yeah, I'm pretty excited to see a wrestling show live. It was one of the biggest reasons that I kind of agreed to go on this trip. Well, not just to hang out with Warden, but also to see a show because who knows if we're going to get locked down again because of the Rona. So, hmm. but I'm I'm pretty stoked. It could have been better, like if Hangman Page was facing Kenny Omega, but I could see CM Punk's first match, Britt Baker, Andrade, and Pac are probably going to tear the house down. Miro and Kingston. It's going to be good. And in the Women's Battle Royal, I'm pretty hyped for that because I've never actually... Well, I actually have seen the Battle Royal person I went to all in. But to be like three rows back, it's going to be it's going to be pretty dope. So we, I'm pretty we, hyped. Uh, we going to see you on camera? Probably, yeah. You might. <laughs> you actually might. We'll have to keep an eye out and get some screenshots of that for you. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Wait. I forgot about I forgot about the most, most important match of all. All White and QT Marshall. Hey, you know, that's, that's the one. Mm-hmm. That's that's on pay-per-view. 
All out. They're, yeah. I know they're—they're they're not going all out for all out. That's the biggest irony of it all. It's like they're just—it's not happening. I don't know. Bro, this card sucks. <laughs> like, let's be real. I think even Punk and Darby. Like, it's cool that Punk is wrestling, but like, I don't think their styles are going to clash at all. I think the show is going to be terrible. But you know, hopefully, I'm proven wrong. I won't be watching it, but I'm sure someone will let me know if I am. James, oh, you, I will. You'll bear me. Yeah, bear me. You know what? I I well, will argue. If you think it's good, Beardy. I will argue. It's, you and McKennedy are the two where like I can't trust you because you'll be there live. And McKennedy <laughs> will like it no matter what. So, <laughs> right, yeah. that's that's true. I will Jason say, even a rough wrestling show on TV, it's good when you're there live. Like that that is arguably yeah. a thing. So it, even if it's like ah whatever, you'll still have fun. Like that'll be enjoyable time. Um, GMSG. Yeah, hey, I get to sing Judas. You do. So there we go. The, the COVID uh, will be there. Are you going to the oh rampage before, or are you just going to all out? Just all out. Okay. He's not going all out. He's just going. He's just going all. Out. You want to sit yeah. there two yeah. hours of dark or dark elevation, wherever <laughs> they record on that night? <laughs> Come on. Oh, I can't do it. No. Jim, are you looking forward to all out? Uh, um, I mean, I know you're not. I'm just asking for the podcast. <laughs> well, the, well, I'm just looking at the card. I'm laughing because it's like Kingston's getting another title shot. His like eighth title shot in a year. He's, oh, he's going to get annihilated. Title. Yeah, I love Miro, but, like, Kingston's good at promos. But why is he getting these goddamn title matches? Just because he can't talk? He can't walk the walk, though. And then Lucha Brothers. Yeah, cool. Each one of them faced the Bucks in the last, like, three months with a different tag park. I don't care. They shouldn't be in that spot. And it shouldn't be a cage match. And Omega and Christian? Cool. Good luck, Christian. Hope your neck's fine. Eh. Most of the show, like Moxley in Kojima. Yeah, that'll be good. That's about the only yeah, match I be. really care about. Pac and Andrade is going to be fire, though. I mean, I, mm. I, I can't stand pa- uh, Andrade right now. I just can't. In Chavo, why? And that has potential to be really good. That has potential to be really yeah. good. All. Look, I don't think the women's match will be very good because I don't think Chris Statlander's that great in the ring. Nope. But I get to see Brett Baker. So. Yeah. You know, and she's coming to Britago, so that's where I'll be. <laughs> Red, Red, I'm coming to you in a second, but I got to go back to CT because uh, we got Kojima. We don't have Tanahashi. God, yeah, we do. Um, we almost forgot. That's how much of a fart that is. Yeah, I mean, much love to Kojima. He's having, like, a great year, like a truly fantastic year. His final big year on top, you know, it feel, well, not on top, but, like, before he really becomes a full-on, you know, New Japan dad and just doesn't do much. But, like, really? Him versus Mox? This definitely is like, oh, they wanted all the big guys for the big dome shows, and they were like, well, you can have Kojima for a night. Um, I don't think the match is going to be particularly good. Very similar to Mox and uh, Nagata, because I was like, well, that doesn't really blend those styles and gonna be the same here but like it's fun you know i'll give you that the crowd is not going to react at all though they're going to literally just be like dead but that's fine now red how excited are you for all out i mean i really haven't even followed any of the product i'm super excited about seeing a rematch for a different title Super excited about seeing another rematch for tag titles. Uh, big shows facing some guy. Like, I really don't care about <laughs> yep. it. I just know that uh, I'll be enjoying it one way or the other. So, right in the night, what I remember is what I remember. Big show is facing some guy. 
That is it. Like, all out. Yep. Bigfoot is facing some guy. Because <laughs> I'm looking at the card and CTA just mm-hmm. posted something. The New Japan thing with uh, John Moxley. I have no idea anything about like. Are, are these actually big matches with big people, or are they just like, hey, who can we get that's not having COVID? I'm just going to tell you right now, if you don't know who it is, that's a little bit of an answer. But, I mean, I, I say that. I made fun of you before, forgive me, because you, uh, you didn't know anybody from one of the cards. <laughs> but that was the point. There's a certain level of, like, if, if this, it, you follow us on the podcast, you're part of this, and yet you don't know who is facing John Moxley at all out. You're like, who is that? And some guy, that's, it, that is, it should not be that. Every single name on this pay-per-view should be something, right? Like, that's... And the other issue is every single match, I mean, I guess single matches are the best thing, just clean matches, but the whole pay-per-view is called All Out, and yet nobody's really going All Out. No, I think I think the Lucha Brothers <laughs> will do something stupid per usual. That's about it, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's almost a guarantee one of those two will get injured. It's a cage match. They're going to fly off of that thing. Too bad they can't go out of it to win because, you know, that's how cage matches work unless you're an AEW. We didn't look at our bonus questions and go, wait a second. (laughs) Do they do them right? Oh, they probably don't. Oh. Oh, trust me. I looked back and I saw Cody's cage match. I'm like, he can win. Why is he? Why do you just just flip back in the ring? Okay, whatever. I mean, he he moonsaulted because Cody is Cody. Which, by the way, yeah, Cody versus Malachi Black's going to be on there, right? Which I said before, and people said probably not. The fact that we haven't even mentioned Jericho retires if he loses to MJF, like his career is on the line, isn't it? Yeah, in, they've John, said come like, on, MJF. he cannot on, wrestle MJF. anymore in AEW. I think is how they worded it. Um, what's with Jericho and these stupid stipulations? Cody <laughs> goes for the world title. It's oh, because he's I in lose, AEW. The, oh. Stampede, if we lose, we can't be a faction anymore. Stop! Don't elevate to GMSG. Come on, man. I was going to say, he got one up by NWA, so he had to make sure it does it better. Well, don't worry. He's got the Jericho Cruise coming up, and there is AEW talent going to be on it, but as far as I understand, they're not taping a Dynamite episode this time. Um, So, you know... (laughs) Anyone realize that within three weeks we had three different companies for pay-per-views do a same step and at least one of them actually didn't do the step? Roman will leave SmackDown and WWE if he lost the title. Murdoch would leave the, and retire. Mm-hmm. And Jericho would just go to commentary and retire from in-ring action. What the hell? Yeah. It's... It's it's overdone. It's it's overplayed. It's I mean they're going all out. <laughs> I don't know. It, we'll we'll cut it here because beyond all that, Bearmy's gonna have fun. He might see the matches were dumb, but he'll generally be enjoying it. I do believe, right, Bearmy? I I will. I will be. I will be having a lot of fun. Believe me. That's good. CT won't watch it. He'll hear it from it secondhand. It's on Sunday. I'll be watching it. GMG Red, you going to be there? Yeah, that should Ooh. be in chat. 
That was, that was a long pause. That was a long pause on that one. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the ridiculous stuff of this show. Man, we really do hate AEW sometimes. Huh? But that's the thing. We don't. I don't want to. That's the, that's my problem with this. There's no reason to be hating on it. I guess that's all it is. But um, So we'll call it there. I already did the shtick of Are We on Apple, so I don't know what we're going to do at the end here. Hey, anymore. Scott, are we on YouTube? Ooh, man, that was in the middle of me saying the thing and everything. That's, wow, that one... You son of a bitch. <laughs> no! We're not. But we will be. Because I'll get around to it. And it's a much better week than it was last time. So we'll be there. We'll be there. You um, know, another one we could do at the end of every episode is like, Beer Me. Is Hangman getting the title shot? Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll, we'll workshop that. We'll workshop that. The sooner I get us on YouTube, the better. So it's not the, the butt of the joke. That's the fun thing to get rid of. That's a good idea. We are, though, on Spotify and on Apple and everywhere you can find your podcasts. It is Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. And uh, it is going to be on YouTube. You'll get that eventually, too. If you search, you might find it, actually, because there is a channel set aside. But, you know, that's it's there. But do follow us, like, favorite, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Pretty much no matter what happens, because guaranteed, nothing will be as big as Punk coming back, right? I, we, I set us up for failure every time on that, so I look forward to seeing what happens in two weeks. Randy Savage is all elite. It's happening. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they used a dead person. <laughs> please, please, AEW. I will buy every pay-per-view for a year if you use a dead person. <laughs> and I'm not counting Matt Hardy. <laughs> well, he's not, he's not there yet. Um, Almost. I mean, they're trying. So we'll leave it at that. On that note, thanks, everybody. Have a good night.